Let's look tonight in Philippians chapter 4 and <clears throat> kind of trying to get back on track a little bit. Um, we uh, have been looking at different verses uh, in the Bible that um, all the script, all scriptures give them inspiration of God. We know that. We're not trying to <clears throat> downplay any of it, but we all know that uh, uh, there are certain scriptures that speak to us in a special way and I've been going through some of these, and tonight I'm going to look at one, actually two, so I'm kind of breaking my rules, we're going to look at two, but um, I encourage everyone to memorize the Bible. Um, if you haven't, I, I challenge you to do it. Um, you can't meditate on what you don't memorize, and when you memorize Scripture, um, it'll help you not just then, but but down the road, and these are some of those verses that I'd really encourage everyone to memorize and put in your heart because it deals with some things that we deal with quite often in our life. I want to read verse number one. We'll start reading verse number one in Philippians chapter four. The Bible says, Therefore, my dearly, my therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I treat thee, and I entreat thee also, I, I, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fella, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. I, there's so much I could say, but I'm not going to. But anyone that says that the ladies and, and women don't have a place in ministry, they don't read their Bible. Because they have, not only do they have a place, they have a very important place. Did you know that if it wasn't for a lady... Uh, we wouldn't have the book of Romans, a lady named Phoebe. She's the one that delivered the letter from Paul to the church at Rome. And uh, good thing Paul wouldn't like a lot of, lot of Baptist preachers. He would have told her she couldn't do that. She needs to stay home. But anyhow, I don't want to get on that. That has nothing to do with the sermon, but I thought I'd just mention that. With Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, we pray tonight you'd help us, Lord, as we attempt to preach what you put upon our heart. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this book that I look upon tonight. I'm glad, Lord, tonight this is a living book that speaks to us, Lord, where we are and to what we're going through. And, Lord, I pray tonight that you would make the thoughts that you've shown to me clear, Lord, to those that are listening. And I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't just go into their head, but it would sink down in their heart. And, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the Word, Lord, we'd be doers of the Word. And, Lord, that we would apply faith to it and take it up, Lord, and put it to practice in our lives. Lord, I pray if there's anyone watching tonight or hearing the service that's lost, I pray, Lord, like Brother Bob, Miss Joanne sang about tonight, I pray, Lord, that you would convict their heart, help them to realize that someone died for them and his name was Jesus. Lord, help them trust him tonight and be saved. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, I want us to look tonight in verse number 6 and verse number uh, 7. And the Bible says this in verse number 6, Be careful... For nothing, be careful for nothing, and uh, I want to preach tonight very simply on a word about worry. Now I'm going to confess uh, this is not something I enjoy to preach about 
because this is something I deal with quite often. I'm a, I'm a worrier. Is there anybody else in here that say I, you're a worrier? Is anybody be honest? And, and I didn't, okay, a few of us. And, and you ones that aren't, you know, I just hate it for y'all. Y'all are so much better than us. But anyhow, a word about worry. You see, where the Bible says be careful for nothing. Now, that's not saying that, you know, these words in the Bible, we got to look them up and if, if you really want to understand them, if that meant just not to care about anything, then there'd be a whole lot of good people in this world because a lot of people just don't care about anything. It doesn't mean not to have, uh, not to give thought or, or concern, uh, but it means to be worried, to be anxious. And Paul says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. You know, um, I, I read about, they said that they were um, uh, painting a picture of Daniel Boone before he died. And he was an older man. And while this man was painting him, he asked him this question. He said, Mr. Boone, he said, have you ever been lost? He said, have you ever been lost? You weren't talking spiritual. He meant literally lost. He said, no, I've never been lost. He said, but I was bewildered for three days. And you know, there's a lot of us, we don't want to admit, uh, we don't want to admit that we have to deal with worry. And uh, I, I read this. There was a, a lady did a study on worry. And she said that, 40% of, of our worries are over things that never happen. 30% of our worries are over things that are over and past that cannot be changed by worry. And, and she also said that 10% are, are petty worries, things that don't matter. 12% are needless health worries, and that only 8% of things that we worry about are things that are legitimate worries. Now, Paul said to be careful for nothing. And uh, here's the honest, uh, uh, here's, here's just, put, just putting it down, I guess you could say in layman terms, that if we allow worry to rule in our lives, we cannot be the people God wants us to be. We see a world that's worrying. I saw today the, 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 the uh, what they call it, the stock market, was, and there was people they were panicking. I don't know the whole story behind it, but evidently some people on some internet uh, uh, message board, they got together and they all, they're, they're trying to mess with it. Anyway, I don't know. They bought a bunch of stock in a certain company that caused all this fallout. And, 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 and everybody was just worried. And listen, if we want to worry about things tonight, we could all make a long list of things. But let me ask you this. If you were to make a list tonight of everything that makes you worry, how many of those things would you categorize as things you can't control, things that never happen, or things that are in the past that you cannot change? If we were to narrow it down, we'd realize we worry about a lot of things that really worry don't help at all. But Paul said we can be careful for nothing. Now, I believe the Bible, don't you? And I believe when he says to be careful for nothing, it means to be careful for nothing. I'm, 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 uh, I don't have to give you a definition of what nothing means. It means nothing. Just like all means all, nothing means nothing. You said, but Brother James, I got this one thing I just have to worry about. Well, be careful for nothing means be careful for nothing. And uh, I feel like it's real important, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you this, and we'll go along our way. I feel it's real, it's real important tonight in the circumstances that we're living in that we all get a grip on this and we, and we learn to live our lives above worry. Have you ever met somebody that constantly worry? I mean, they're always worried. And, and, and some people, they worry about what they can worry about. 
If they don't have something to worry about, they get worried about worrying about what can I worry about. And sometimes, Brother Larry, we forget. Have you ever forgot what you was worried about? I have. I've asked, you know why? I've, I've, you ever, now I know no couples in here ever uh, have arguments, but I'll be honest, Kim and I have, you know, two or three times our whole life. And have you ever been in a, in a disagreement? We don't fight, we disagree. Have you ever been in a disagreement and you forgot what you were disagreed about? But you had to keep putting on the front like you was mad, even though you couldn't remember what it was about. A lot of times we're the same way when it comes to worry. And uh, I want to say this. Uh, these people he was writing to, I want you to get the picture here. Paul was in prison, right? And he's telling them not to worry. And, and you know, I've met Christians in my life. I mean, when I say real Christians, spirit-filled people, and, 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 and it seemed like the worse their life was, the harder it got, the more peace they had. And it seemed like the one that you, you would say, man, they ought to be. How many of you know somebody that if there's anybody that should be worried, it should be them, and yet they're not worried. They just live and they have joy. And I've not got there, but I'd like to live there, wouldn't you? And so quickly tonight, I want to look at this. In uh, these verses, I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts and maybe it'll help you tonight. The first thing I want you to look at verse number six, I want to talk about the description of a troubled heart. Uh, the description, now most of us could probably write the description down because oftentimes we have a troubled heart. The description of a troubled heart. I've done mention it, but I want to talk about the clarification of worry. What is it? What is it? It doesn't mean that we're not thoughtful. It doesn't mean that we're not conscientious and we're not, and we don't plan and we don't, you understand? I don't believe that, that God wants us to just be haphazard in our lives and just, uh, you understand, just live and just not, 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 uh, put any thought or, um, any type of, uh, you understand, concern about anything. But there's a difference in that in word. This word, uh, careful here, uh, it means to be overly anxious. It means to be filled with trouble. The Latin word uh, that for worry describes a turbulent force like wind on a storm. or It means turmoil within. Worry is when the heart and mind are in turmoil. The Greeks thought of worry as something that tears a man in two and drags him. And I, Have you ever been torn by worry? That you knew you needed to go in a certain way. You need, you knew you needed to do something, but then worry caused you. It, it felt like it was just tearing you apart. And then uh, the the uh, the English word for this it, it speaks. It means of a an animal clutching its prey and strangling it by the throat. Worry it will choke or stifle the peace out of our heart. That's what this word careful means. It means to be strangled. It means to be uh, in turmoil or it means to be torn apart. That's why we can't let worry uh, control our lives because if, we're over, if we allow worry to, to, to overcome us and, and to run our lives, it'll ruin our life. Yeah. Worry, the, the clarification. Now I want you to think about this, the consequences of worry. Did you know this? That worry is that it's physically destructive. It's unhealthy for us to worry. It's not good for you. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for your body. It, 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 there is some physical, there is some physical, I have some, I'm not going to mention them, but I know someone that he gets so worried that there's been time he had to go to the hospital. He got so worried his stomach would knot up and, 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 and he would absolutely worry himself right into the hospital. It can affect us physically. 
And did you know that our body, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Now, most people here tonight wouldn't think about going out here and, and getting a, a bottle of moonshine drinking. Most of them. Some of them might, but most of you here wouldn't. Most of you here tonight wouldn't think about going out here and, and, and to your car and, and, and lighting a joint and getting high. Most of you wouldn't do that. And, and why would we not do that? Because our body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. But did you know, Brother Larry, that it's more destruct uh, that worry will do more damage to my temple than, than, than alcohol will. Now, I know y'all don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. It's just as, what I'm trying to say is, it's just as wrong for me to harm my body with worry as it is drugs, alcohol, or any other thing. I read this, it says this. A doctor who wrote a book about worry, he said this, worry is one of the most fatal of all transgressions. It is a sin against not one organ of the body, but against the body as a whole. It is a demon whose pressure will be felt upon the heart. And he said there is not a capillary in any gland or tissue that will not shrink under the glance of a gloomy eye. Here's a list of things the doctor wrote that anxiety causes physically. It can cause disorders of one's digestive system. That disorders in your circulatory system. Disorders of, uh, I don't even know how to say this. I'm afraid to say it. Afraid I might say it wrong. This is on the internet. It can embarrass me. But anyhow, the nervous system. I guess I could, Miss Heather, she's a nurse. I'll let you read it, Miss Heather. But anyhow, uh, in fact, it can cause all types of heart problems and blood. And so all I'm saying is, it's not healthy for us to worry. It's not good for our body. So whenever the next time we get all worked up, we need to ask ourselves, is it worth trading a time of my life over this thing I'm worrying about? It's physically destructive. And then this, one man, a doctor in Chicago said this. He says that anxiety places more stress on the human heart than any other stimulus, including exercise and fatigue. You can go work all day, 10 days, 10 hours, 12 hours, and work hard, and come home. I'm sure some of you uh, have done this, and something happened. Uh, maybe it's a problem. Maybe the child broke something, or maybe there's some a bill coming in the mail. And Have you ever gotten more exhausted over something like that causing you to worry than a full day's of work? And so I'm saying it's physically destructive, but this is the worst part of it. It's spiritually depleting to worry. Worry affects us in spiritual ways. It'll weaken our desire for prayer and spending time in God's Word. Have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden you, all the problems, you know, it's amazing how everything just starts coming up. All the things you need to get done and all the things you haven't get done and all, and, and, and then you start thinking about this and you get thinking about that and worry and it hinders you. It causes us to suffer spiritually. So what I'm saying is we can't just dismiss worry and say, well, I'm just a worrier, so I'm going to worry. It, it, there is some, there is some uh, serious, serious side effects to worry. Now get this, the condemnation of worry. The Word of God says be careful for nothing. You know what Jesus said about it in Matthew 6.25? He used the, uh, the, a similar word when He said, take no thought. Take no thought of your life. It means not to worry. Here's the thing. If the Bible says to not do something and you do it, Drew, if the Bible tells you to not do something and you do it, what's that called? Sin. Right? 
So let me ask you something. The Bible says thou shalt not steal. So if you go and steal, what is it? It's a, the Bible says thou shalt not lie, Drew. So if you lie, what is that? The Bible says thou shalt have no other God before you. If, if you have another God before you, then that is a, I could go on, couldn't I? Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet, all these things. But, 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 but did you know it's just as much a sin when it says be careful for nothing and then we, when the Bible says not to worry and we worry, it's a sin. It's been several years ago, I was reading and, and, I was, and, and a man made that statement about worry. He said, we must confess worry as sin. And that convicted my heart. I've never thought of that. You know, Will, if, if, you, if you do something you shouldn't do, you get mad, then you'll say, God, forgive me, I shouldn't have done that. It, it, but, but when it comes to worry, how many times do we get worried and then we don't confess it as sin? And, and listen, you know, this will help you. If you ever get worked up about something and you get really, I mean, just troubled about it and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to iron it out and get everything straightened out, if you'll just stop and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I'm so sorry, I'm sinning against you. Because when we worry, you know what worry is? It's the fruit of no faith. And the Bible says that which is not a faith is sin. And, and so if we'll confess it, whether it be something that seems... Now, let me ask you this. Is there any such thing as a small sin? No? So I ask something. Is it, a, is it more... Is it, I don't want to use bad English. Miss Kim's watching watch from home. I don't want her to hit the, the frowny down, thumb down button. So if there's no such thing as a little lie and big lie, you know, then, then I don't think there's no such thing as little worry and big worry. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying, this, I know y'all aren't, there's nobody shouting right now, but this, should, this can help you if you'll listen. If we'll treat worry as sin and know that God has condemned worry, He has said for us not to worry. And when we do worry, we, we fall down on our knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. Help me, Lord. I want to repent of this. I want to put it in your hands. I, I want to give it to you. I want to go on. Then guess what? We can experience forgiveness and get help. For our worry. And by the way, I think the reason some of us, and I say us because it definitely applies to me, the reason we're still dealing with worry is because we don't treat it like sin. We treat it as some type of disorder. You know, preachers, we like to, you know, take shots at these different, you know, they've got medical terms now for everything. Everything's a disorder, you know. Kids, you know, smack their mom in the face. Oh, he's just got, you know, disorder. Yeah, I would have, we had disorders from smacking mom in the face. What happened after, you know, and, and everybody's got a disorder, but, but you know what? We're just as bad. We'll just say, well, I'm just a worrier. God condemns worry. He condemns worry. Now look in verse six. I'm trying to hurry. I know this isn't like, you know, swinging from the chandeliers, but I hope it'll help you. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. So I want you to see the directions for a trusting heart. We talked about the description of a troubled heart. And by the way, what was one of the last things Jesus told his disciples? John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. So if I let my heart be troubled, am I obeying his command or disobeying his command? And I know, hey, I dread preaching this kind of stuff. I don't like it because I know what's going to happen. When I leave here tonight, there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be something to worry about waiting on me. Probably before I even get out of the building. Probably when I get downstairs, on my phone right now, there's probably a message 
There's something on there, and, and, and this is the way it always works, but I still think it needs to be said that worry, we need to confess it as sin. It's God's commanded us not to worry. And this election, and everybody's so worried about all that, and I'm not saying we should just say hallelujah, we got the most liberalist man that's ever lived, and anyhow, I don't think we all celebrate, you know, and put buying stickers on a car. If you do, that's fine. Just don't park in the church parking lot. We don't want nobody, I mean, we don't want to think we're at, this is a mental hospital or anything, but, 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 but I want to ask you something. Getting worked up and mad and angry and worried about it, what good is it going to do? Nothing. Nothing at all. But here's directions for a trust fund. I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't just say don't do this, but then it gives you help on how not to do it. Do you ever, when you was a kid, had your parents tell you to do something, they didn't tell you how to do it, they just said do it? And then you asked, well, how, well just figure it out. Isn't that a blessing? When I worked in the water department, I had several days, you know, there'd be a water leak. I mean, water shooting out of the ground 30 foot in the air. And, 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 they, and, and I'd say, what I do? they just say, get in there, you'll figure it out. You'll get tired of that water hitting you in the face or a manhole backed up, you know, roach bugs crawling around and other people's, you know, and, and, and they'll say, just jump in there, you'll figure it out. Just get down there, you'll figure it out. But the Bible tells us, it doesn't just identify a problem, it'll give us a, a way to solve the problem. And, and here it is. Paul says not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything. I wonder if we prayed about everything, would we really struggle with worrying about anything? How could Paul, the Apostle Paul, in jail, write this and say, you want to know why, Brother Jason? Because he had done prayed about it. He done knew he was in the will of God, and he had peace, and he had, he had, a, a, he had a calm about him, because instead of worrying about everything, I, I worried about anything, he prayed about everything. There was an old preacher, Brother Jay Glass, in North Georgia, and when he, they said that, I've never seen it myself, but they said when, when he'd go to the grocery store, he'd pray and say, Lord, Lord, what, do, you, do I need to get, do you want me to get that ketchup? Okay, thank you, Lord. And he'd, put, he'd, he'd go down the aisle and he'd say, all right, Lord, do I need to go left or right? And they said he prayed all the time. He'd drive. And, 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 and it wasn't, what do you want to go to eat? Where do y'all want to go eat? He'd say, Lord, I wish, I might need to try out my kids. Lord, wait, oh, oh, you want to go to Wendy's 996? Okay, yeah, that's where the Lord wants us to go. We'd eat there every, four for four. We get it every single, my kids be praying that Lord would change his mind. But, but he prayed about everything. So look here, God's answer to worry is prayer. But it seems like we don't pray until we're worried. We get worked up and then we start praying. If we had prayed, we might not get so worked up. Listen to this. We must take our worries to God. It says, in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer and supplication. These words imply the presenting of our needs to God. It speaks of laying it out before God. Uh, Psalms 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Have you ever taken something and given it to God and felt the, the relief that comes from that? And, and maybe it wasn't all fixed and it wasn't all solved, but there, he says the first thing, we must take our worries to God. 
We sing that song, are you weary, are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Take our worries to God. You see, if you take your worries to me, it may not. Here's where we get mad. We get worried about something. We try to take it to somebody else and they don't get as worried as we are worried about and that makes us more worried. It makes us more upset. How come this don't upset them? How come they're not worried? And, and you know, and people give you all kinds of, of good advice. Like, oh, just trust the Lord. And, you know, we like, you know, and, and, oh, well, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And, and, and the Bible never tells us to take our worries to somebody else. But he does tell us we can take our worries to him. Take our worries to God. But then we must trust our worries with God. A lot of times he says, not only present, but he says, thanksgiving. The only way we can, a person can give thanksgiving in a situation like this is if they have trust to the Lord with their worries. Only when we trust God can we thank Him in spite of our burdens. We must trust our worries with God. Here's the what a lot of times we do. We'll take our worries to God, but then we'll take them back with us. Have you ever come to pray over something and you got up and when you got back to the seat it was waiting on you? And you, never, you didn't nor leave it here. You brought it with you, but you took it back to the seat. We must trust our worries with God. But then he says this in verse 6, And let your request be made known unto God. That word request, it means to file a petition or to file a request. We must not only trust our worries with God and take our worries to God, but we, we must thrust our worries on God. The Bible says uh, in 1 Peter 5, it says that we can cast all our cares. You know what that word cares means? It means worry. He says that casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know, when I, when I, when I first, when I first church, I packed, made a lot of mistakes. And, but anyhow, there was a, a couple of fellows, they didn't really like me too much. And they, was, they come to me and said, they had this idea, this bright idea. I don't know where they got it, Brother Larry, but they had this bright idea. They said, we want you to put out a um, suggestion box for sermons. You know, we, maybe we could tell you, you know, things that we, we'd like for you to preach about. And, verse, and listen, I, I mean, I was just so, I didn't, I've never minded arguing and going. And back then it was a lot worse than it is now. And, and, and it really made me mad. You know, you can tell me, I don't really care about the carpet and, and all that. And if you you know, if you want to have donuts or if you want to have uh, cinnamon rolls or if you want to, you know, uh, I, I'm not, you know, I, and, and whatever the church wants. I, but when it comes to what a man preaches, that really ought to be between him and God. Yeah. And Brother Larry, they said, get a suggestion. So I got a trash can and I, and I typed out and, and, and a piece of paper said suggestion box and I taped that trash can. And sat out there for it and nobody put anything in. But aren't you glad that when we come to file our worries with the Lord, He doesn't throw them in the track? What I'm saying is, we can thrust them all on Him. That's directions for a trusting heart. So I want to ask you something. If we would take our worries to God, most of the time, He's the last person we take them to. We take them to our wife, we take them to our husband, children, we take them to your parents, or, you know, or church members. And, and I don't want you to think you can't talk to me about things, but you understand there's a better place you can take your worry than to me. You can take it to the Lord. Those are directions. Take them to God. Trust them with God. Trust them on God. Now look down at verse number 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I believe every person that's a sincere Christian would want to live in verse number 7. But the sad fact is, a lot of us don't. And here's the reason. We don't want to go through verse number 6. We want to live in verse 7 without following verse number 6. Have you ever, I know dads, we're bad about this, gotten something to put together at Christmas time and you just threw them directions to the side? I mean, I don't know. It's not in the Bible. Maybe it's in the Hebrew or somewhere where it's against for men to use directions. But I mean, I can't remember if it was Ginger or Macy that we got that Barbie Jeep Ford. You remember that? And and I'm serious. I was up. I mean, all night. I mean, listen. On Chris, I mean, it was getting real close. I was thinking. I didn't know how I was going to keep the kids asleep. I mean, it was it was getting real close. I had the front wheel on the back and the steering wheel upside down and the battery. And I mean, it was a mess. The stickers, you know, all them stickers they give you and had this stick. And I, I mean, it was a mess. And it all boiled down to one thing. I did not want to follow the directions. And our lives are like that many times. We try to put it all together, but we don't want to follow God's plan. But look in verse 7. I want to talk about the delight of a tranquil heart. Brother Billy Goosby, he's in heaven now. He's an older man of God that was... He instrumental in my life. He preached a message one time um, out of Isaiah. And uh, he preached on how to have a tranquil heart without a tranquilizer. A lot of these kids don't know what tranquilizer are. Back in the day, that's what they call, you know, these nerve pills. But now they got all these nerves. But he preached on how to have a tranquil heart. He, he preached from Isaiah. He said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. And you know, we can't have a tranquil heart as children of God. Look here, he says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One man said it like this. He said, As much as verse number 6 is a command, verse number 7 is a promise. And uh, he so the, the, the Bible says to be careful for nothing. But then he goes on to say that if we're careful for nothing and in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make a request known to God, then the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to talk about this. Instead of anxiety, there will be tranquility. Instead of being torn apart, we'll be held together. Instead of perplexity, there'll be peace. Instead of concern, there'll be calm. If we follow the will of the plan of God, the word of God, the promise is this that we don't have to live a life consumed by worry. And the next bill, and the next phone call, and the next appointment, and how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And, 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 and you know, and, and again, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself because this is something I have to fight on a daily basis. And God doesn't want us to live that type of life. The meaning of peace. The meaning of peace. He says the peace of God. The meaning of peace is this. It means quietness of soul. It means quietness of soul. In our mind... We think that peace is the absence of trouble. You know, if we think what is peace, that means that everything's fine, everything's in line, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. But that's not what, the, that's not what this peace is. It's not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of God in the midst of trouble. They said that uh, years ago they was testing those submarines in World War II and they, they, they'd have to go way down deep 
uh, and they call it the cushion in the in the ocean. They go way down deep, and these 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 uh, whatever you call them, Navy Seal sailors or whatever, they'd gone down. And while they were under the sea, there had been a there had been a storm, and they come back, and the man when they got out said, "Did you could y'all feel the storm?" And they said, "What storm?" They had gotten so deep down in the bottom of that sea, brother Zeke, they couldn't even tell there was a storm going on around them. And did you know tonight that if we will take our worries to God and, and, and trust our worries with God and, and, and thrust our worries on God and, and let Him know and, and call out on Him, and then there can be a peace that we have that no matter how rough it is or how, 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 uh, how hard the wind blows against us, we can be quiet in our soul. Quietness of soul. The meaning of peace. The mystery of peace. It says... It passeth all understanding. Passeth all understanding. And did you know that God can give us such a peace that the world doesn't know anything about? Everybody wants peace, they say. And there's, you know, all of this turmoil. Have you ever noticed this? It seems that the more man tries to make peace, the more he causes trouble. And, you know, <laughs> I try to stay off of it, but it's so hard. There's a big fat rabbit that keeps running around here. <sighs> I'm going to get off of it. I promise you someday. Somebody's going to kill it and I'll quit running it. But, and there's a lot of people that claim they want peace. They don't want peace. They just want everybody to agree with them and, 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 and not just agree with them. They want them to, anyway. But, but this peace is not the peace Jesus told them disciples. He says, My peace give unto you, not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. As a child of God, there is a mysterious peace that we can have. At being a pastor, you get to see some of the worst times, but you also get to see some of the best times. And do you know, Brother Zeke, I've been able to see some of the best times in the midst of some people's worst times. When they should have been weeping, they should have been torn, but they have the peace of God. I'm saying tonight, there is a mystery to this. Uh, and here it is. Everything can be wrong around you, but everything can be right within you. And did you know that if everything is not right within you, then nothing can be right without you? The mystery. The merit of peace. Why, what's so good about this peace is that it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word keep, it means to guard. It, 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 it's describing a garrison of soldiers that are standing guard. Did you know the peace of God? You say, why should I want this peace? Because the peace of God. The Bible talks about letting the peace of God rule in your heart. Over there in the book of Colossians, I believe it is. And that word rule, it means to umpire. And, and, and so that means to give directions and to, and to, and to guide and, and, and to direct. But not only can the peace of God guide us, but the peace of God can guard us. Do you know the two most important things you and I need protected tonight? It's our heart and our mind. Our heart, our heart, I pointed the wrong, our heart and our mind. Our heart and our mind. The merit of peace, it guards our heart. It guards our heart. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Solomon said this, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. But you know what the Bible also says in 
Jeremiah chapter 17, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? You see tonight, guarding our heart is something that you and I aren't capable of doing on our own. Here's the thing. If I guard my heart, I may guard one side of it, but the devil will come in on the other. And then you get over there and, 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 and you get that taken care of and then he comes in from over there. But he says, the Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence and how can, the only one that can keep my heart right is the Spirit of God and the peace of God. Why is it so important in these times that we live that we have the peace of God? Because the peace of God is the only thing that can guard our heart. Do you know what the devil wants? He wants to invade our heart. He wants to trouble our heart. He wants to manipulate our heart. That heart speaks of your intellect, your emotion, your will. Some places it's called the soul. It's talking about the innermost being of your body. And listen, it's so expedient that our hearts are guarded because they're, you know what, the world, the flesh, and the devil are coming after our heart. They want to affect our heart. They want to discourage our heart. They want to deceive our heart. They want to cause us to be cast down and, 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 and to give up. But if we have the peace of God, it'll guard our heart. It'll guard our heart. But then he says, it'll keep your hearts and your minds. No, it'll guard our heart, but it'll guard our heads, our minds. Think about this. Without the peace of God, we cannot make the right choices in our life. I, I believe it's never wise to make any decision when we are in a state of physical, mental, or emotional distress. If you're sick, it's not a good time to make choices. You know what I'm saying? When you get sick, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've heard people, they sick, I just wish I'd die. But if they was in the right, if they weren't, they wouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? You go to load the gun, they're like, no, 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 I was just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've never done that. But when you're sick, physically, tired, it's not a good time to make choices. When you're emotionally, spiritually. So how can we keep from, from, from how can we make the right choices? Only if our mind is guarded by the peace of God. The song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. In that song it says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. A word about worry. I want to challenge you to do something. It's just a challenge. If you don't do it, so be it. Probably before you get to bed tonight. Have you ever laid down and then everything you've ever worried about comes back on you at the same time? And you worry about things that you've never worried about before, and then you worry about things you have worried about before, and, and it just comes down on you. The next time worry starts creeping in, give it to God. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of that. I know it's wrong. It's not right. You've told me not to worry. You've told me not to worry. You've told me not. Now, this doesn't mean we just sit back, twiddle our thumbs. I mean, you kids, I know some of these kids right now think, I'm never going to study for a test again. I'm just not going to worry about it. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about because you will have some worry when you get that F. That's not what it's not talking about just, well, I'm just not going to worry about going into work today. Just not going to worry about it. I'm not just, you know, when the house mortgage comes, well, I'm just not going to worry about it. That's not what I'm talking about. 
What I am talking about is getting all just in knots and saying, oh, well, how am I going to do this work? It's just, listen, the next time that comes over us, we ought to just stop and say, Lord, it's a sin. I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to give it to you. And, I'm going to, and, and then just see what happens. See if God doesn't keep his word. And let the peace of God keep your heart and your mind through Christ.